ancient graffiti shows that bullies are thousands of years old. A man is arrested for preparing for the end of the world. And then we travel to Mount Hood in Oregon, not far from where I live, where a woman tells the tale of when her and her husband were out camping and they were stalked by a telepathic bear. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. We're headed up to the end of season eight. Every 50 episodes, I take a week off, so that's coming up. Next week is going to be some best of episodes. I have a lot. I already have the episodes picked out. I think there are a lot of cool ones. They mostly focus on conspiracy theories that I've come up with. Ones that I've kind of pieced together. So, yeah, yeah, I really like that week. I think one of them, it doesn't fit that category. It's just an episode I really, really like. Conspiracy theory, I spent a lot of time researching over the years. So, yeah, it's a good set of Dead Rabbit Radio classics. And then we'll be back with Season 9, starting off with Episode 401. Can you believe that? Guys, again, I, I like to give you guys encouragement. I started this show in, what, I don't even remember, 2018? What, what's it now, 2020? Yeah, the, the show's been on for about a year, year and a half now. And um, I was just some dude sitting at home, really not happy with the direction of my life. And I just started doing this. I really had no experience doing it. And I just did it. And you guys uh, found the show and have made it 100% worthwhile. And I think back all the time to how miserable I was before I started this endeavor. And how much of my life has changed because of it. In a good way. Nothing but positive things have come out of this show. And I just hope to encourage you guys that if you guys are struggling with anything in your lives right now, take that chance to make that change. Take that chance to do something that you've always been wanting to do or something that you've been afraid to do. And um, I want to see your lives get better, too. Because, uh, yeah, it's just been an amazing... I mean, think about it, dude. We're all coming up to episode 400 of Dead Rabbit Radio. Couldn't have done it without you guys, and I've loved it every step of the way. My Fluffle, my Fluffle gang, my group of wild rabbits. You guys are awesome. Let's go ahead and get started with the episode here, before I get too emotional and start hugging you. Let's go ahead and get started here. We're first going to Palatine Hill in Rome. So we're going to take... Do we have an off-road vehicle? Didn't we have like a Jason jumper or some sort of dead rabbit dune buggy or something like that? Whatever, we're there. We're ding, 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 the dune buggy. We're coming across. I'm assuming this place is covered in dirt. I don't know. I don't know the region of Palatine, but I know back back in the days things were dustier, right? Back in the day, there was dirt everywhere. I'm I'm assuming. We're going over these hills. We're back in the year 200 A.D. Now, back in this time period, there was this imperial palace. That's the Phantom of the Opera music. I was trying to make it sound like old Egyptian music, but that doesn't even fit. What would Roman music be? The big old horns. And there's a bunch of like, there's a bunch of like page boys running around. And there's like this imperial palace. And then (laughs) that's just not something that's randomly happening. The imperial palace and next to it is a school for page boys. And nowadays, this stuff is all like archaeological stuff that we've dug up. You're like, Jason, I know how history works. But back then, it was actually a palace. It wasn't covered up by dirt. So we're walking around, and we see this dude. His name is Alaximos. 
And he's getting pushed around. And everyone's like, Christian, 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 like booing him. And he's like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I believe in Jesus Christ. And they're like, boo this man. They're throwing tomatoes at him. He's like, ah. And so he's like all sad. Oh, no one believes in the, the power of Jesus Christ. And they're picking on me. I'm so sad. And he's walking through the Page Boys school. I don't know how, we don't know how old Aleximos is, but we'll say, you know, he's like 12 or whatever. So Aleximos is walking through the Page Boys school and he sees this carved into the wall. It's a picture of him dressed as a Roman guard. And he's like, oh, because he knows where this is going. And then it's a carving of a cross with a man crucified and he has the head of a donkey. And I mentioned this on Monday's episode, donkey worshiper was a slang term for a Christian, which I'm sure some of you now may have caught on. Like, some of you may have started using that in real life, being like, I'm them donkey worshippers, them Aluma donkey. But they believe that was an early, early slang word for a Christian was a donkey worshiper because Jesus rode into one of the towns. I'm not a biblical scholar, but famously rode into a town and the Jews were kind of throwing flowers at his feet. And he had on this little crown and he was riding a donkey. And that's when the ruling class look at each other and they're like, "Uh oh, the Jews are really starting to worship this guy, this cult leader. Look at that. We got all these people. Basically, he was this Messiah and we can't have that. He's, He's shaking things up. Take him out. Get that cross ready, boys. So there's a picture of a cross with a dude and a donkey head. And it says underneath it, which is, this is honestly kind of funny. It says underneath it, Aleximos worships his god. And the little Aleximos is watching this. And he's like, my god's not donkey head, man. He's, he's Lord and Savior. He's the son of God, man. He runs away crying. Now, we've discovered, it's interesting because, we obviously we know bullying's existed through modern times. It's interesting to think that People were doing this back in 200 AD. That people were not... Graffiti was much harder back then. You had to carve into walls. There, wasn't, there were no spray paint or pins. They really had to commit to the to the bullying back then. They're like, I'll show you. Imagine having to write like a manifesto back then. You're all chink, 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 chink. You're just like slow. You're like, okay, I give up after page four. They really must have not liked this guy. What happened was in 1857... So this building had completely eventually got over just got buried over mud flood i guess it basically actually no 1857 was supposedly before the mud flood anyways the building got completely i just buried archaeologically dirt all the dirt moving from everywhere it got rediscovered and they find this room of that used to be to this page boy school they find this drawing still in the wall in 1857 it's preserved i believe you can see it today but Back then, you could see this drawing. There's photographs of it. You know, now we're looking back 200 AD. This kid was being teased for his religious beliefs, which is never cool, right? You never want to tease people over their religious beliefs. That's a deeply held thing. So, you know, and it's even worse when it's like a kid or something like that. But who knows? This dude could have been 32 and he could have just been one of the teachers at the page board school. I don't know. The point is, is that he was getting teased for his religious beliefs. But a little bit of sunshine... A little bit of sunshine for a little Aleximos. Because, one, nobody will remember the names of the bullies. They have disappeared, unless one of his roommates was like, I don't know, Nero or something like that. But, for the most part, no one will remember his bullies. He's remembered, Aleximos. And, in the next room over, they discovered another piece of graffiti that someone had carved into the wall. Aleximos the Faithful. And faith is standing up for your beliefs, even though they're being ridiculed. So good on you, Aleximos. Good on you. You have become immortalized as the symbol of faith in the test of bullying. 
And no one remembers who bullied you, but you've been remembered 1,800 years later. Let's go ahead, though, and move on to someone who probably didn't make super good decisions, although his faith was also equally as strong. Let's drive the Dead Rabbit Dune buggy. We're going to drive it up to Dunnan, Scotland. Dunoon, Scotland? Now, there's not a lot of dirt in Scotland. It's all like grass and stuff, right? So we're just going to tear up. The- <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing circles in the... I'll find some sacred site. <laughs> doing wheelies. You're like, Jason, did you just give a lecture on like not bullying people for their beliefs? I'm like, yeah, but technically... This doesn't count. <laughs> bunch of druids are chasing us away eat our dirt druids they suck and you're like jason you're such a jerk i know that's what makes me charming so anyway i i'll buy the druids some guinness come on wait is that from ireland doesn't matter druids come with us they're on their own robes they're hanging out with us now we're at a bar you can tell how happy i am about this now i gotta buy a bunch of druids alcohol just because I was a hypocrite. It's uh, we're, The year is 2018. It's in December. We're in Danoon, Scotland. There's a dude named James Carson. He's 36 years old. He's sitting at home watching some Scottish television. And all of a sudden, cops with a warrant. Door gets busted in. They come in. Guns ready. Get down, get down, get down. Push him onto the ground. You guys know it. You guys have seen police procedural shows or have been arrested or both in his house. They find bombs. Now, depending on your definition, James says they're just firework tubes that he took apart and put back together. The prosecutors said they are actually IEDs. They're cardboard tubes filled with gunpowder, ball bearings, and wires connecting it all. But anyways, cardboard, I think, you know, cardboard tube, that's just going to disintegrate. It seems like it would make more of a loud noise and do any sort of damage. I guess that's what the ball bearings were for. Generally, IEDs are made with, like, metal or PVC pipe, preferably metal. Well, actually, preferably don't make IEDs. But if you find yourself in a Red Dawn Wolverine-esque situation, you're not going to really win by shooting bottle rockets at people. And this guy is also found with an air rifle that's been modified to be more powerful than the standard air rifle. This will shoot out both your eyes. Cops arrest him and they go, they got a tip on him. They go, so why were you building this stuff, laddie? He goes, zombie apocalypse or nuclear war. Kind of mumbles that under his breath, or nuclear war. Because <laughs> the zombie apocalypse one's more exciting, right? Like, nuclear war. First off, this story takes place in 2018. I haven't heard someone be concerned about nuclear war since 1988. When I was concerned about nuclear war. Do who who would we fight nuclear war against? And there's uh, you can have, might have a nuclear exchange between India and Pakistan. Or Iran and Israel, maybe? But anyways, this guy, zombie apocalypse is at least a little trendy. Well, the problem is, was that the, that's not a legal defense in court. Your Honor, why do you have these weapons? First off, so Scotland sucks. Can I just say that? I know Stuart Meatballs from Scotland, so I apologize for saying that. But you need a license to have a BB gun in Scotland. That is bizarre to me. And you go, well, Jason... You live in a country where people are able to carry 50 caliber rifles. And I say, you're damn right I live in a country where people can carry around 50 caliber rifles. And it's an awesome country. But that's bizarre. I, they sell BB guns at the gas station up probably about a mile from my house. I can go and buy a BB gun at the gas station. 
And what's funny, which I thought was stupid, because there's nothing stopping me from buying a BB gun and then walking around the gas station and then coming back in and being like, give me all your money. Because would you really know, would you take the chance that I have a BB gun? Why would you sell a weapon that looks like... They don't even have the orange tips. They don't even have the orange tips on these guns. They look like real guns. And even if they had the orange tip, just take it off. That's what I used to do. I always thought, you know what? I we're done with we're done with the zombie story. He ended up getting four years in prison for all this stuff. But anyways, um, I always thought, you know, it would be a good idea if I was a criminal. Quote is my high shift from side to side when I say that. You take real guns and then you paint them neon orange and neon green, so they kind of look like squirt guns. And then you kind of dress like in really cool '90s colors and have your hat backwards, have your pants on backwards too, just complete the thing. You just wear all neon, and people think you're some sort of like Halloween trendy. This okay. To be fair, this would have worked better back in the '90s when squirt guns actually were these colors and they looked like like Mac tens, but neon orange. You could walk into a bank with a neon orange Uzi, and people would at first think when you're committing a crime. It's all about the very first, like, 10, 30 seconds. That's where everything happens or doesn't happen. So you want to have that. It's just like, why am I giving you tips on how to be a criminal? Let's go ahead and move on to our next topic here. And our next topic is going to be the story of the monster at Mount Hood. It's October 19th, 2019. There's this forum called i didn't i've never heard of this before called nadp or the north american dogman project and on this forum there is a woman named b she's from new zealand and she tells this story now she goes into this thing and she goes i was a horse trainer she generally this is how people do these stories first off they have to say this is why you should believe me this is why i'm not crazy now being a horse trainer doesn't automatically make you not crazy but it does fit in she's going I was raised in the country. I was a horse trainer. I've been around big animals. I've been around the woods. I've been camping. I'm not a city girl. So the fact that when I went to the Mount Hood, the very first time I had gone to the forest in the United States and started having this experience, I'm, I'm not a city slicker. I know what to expect in the woods. This was not something to expect in the woods. So grab your camping gear, guys. We're going to join B and her husband as we travel to Hood River. Oregon, beautiful little town on the edge of darkness. Super spooky. During the day, a bustling little metropolis. Little asterisk, it's actually a one-street town. But at night, something dark. There are certain roads I don't walk down during night. I won't walk down Wasco Street at night, and there's another road. I don't know the name of it, but I walked down it at night. I walked down it at like four in the morning the other day, and I said, I'm not doing this again. I'm not doing this again. I was going to jujitsu. I was like, no, no. It's, this town is weird. This town, and I'm one of the only few people who walk it. Me and the homeless population. But every so often, I'll run into one of them, the glowing eyes in the darkness. <laughs> Coming after me. Daywalker. Job haver. Home liver. Give me something. And I have to, like, bring out my little, I have a blade that glows in the presence of a hobo. <laughs> glows blue stay back (sighs) they go back into the dark that's not far from the truth but anyways this road there's some roads you walk down they're really really scary and then other roads i'll walk down two and three in the morning no problem at all and you turn a road and i was like i'm not doing this again you just feel this presence on you so when i found out this story took place in mount hood i one i was really surprised because it's not far from me and two it kind of makes sense because this area is kind of spooky Now, they're out in the middle of the woods. 
So where I'm at, there's a lot of trees around and stuff like that. But as you go farther up, you get a lot of farmland and then you hit the forest. And, and B says they're in an area where they don't see another person. They don't hear a car. They just keep walking into the forest. They're experienced campers, experienced hikers. Keep moving deeper into the woods and they find a little spot to stay. They're about six feet from a stream. Beautiful little spot for a husband and wife. They're sitting there and then all of a sudden her husband goes, don't look behind you. B's just kind of sitting there. Now, when someone says that, of course, slowly turn your head. And when she turns around, she sees something tall and dark run through the tree line. Faster than she thinks that a human can run. It rattles her. Her husband doesn't really care about this whole thing. Her husband's just like, eh, don't worry about it. Don't, don't worry about the large shape that runs faster than a human. You'll be fine, honey. He goes back to doing whatever he's doing. Now, B's sitting there, and she starts to get this feeling like she's being stalked. Her first time in the forests of America, and she's feeling really uneasy. And she's, honey, honey, husband, whatever your name is, will you find out what that giant lurching thing was in the woods? And the husband's like, no. Don't worry about it. It was probably not. Even though I told you don't turn around. Even though I initially saw something creepy behind you. I'm sure it's nothing. She goes, I can't relax here. At this point, it's still in the daytime. She goes, I can't relax here until I know what that was. His response, yell if you need me. Now, what's interesting is we're going to follow this narrative. And B is writing this story. And there's basically two things going on in this story. One is the fact that she may or may not be stalked by a supernatural force. The second one is her husband does not seem to care about her well-being at all. I don't know how her relationship is with this dude. This was posted back on October 19th, 2019. I would be shocked if they're still married. I don't know how long they've been married. I don't know how they met. But throughout this story, he seems to care so little about this woman that it's comical. He sees a dark shadowy figure standing behind them. She turns around. They both see it move faster than, repeat, faster than a human can move. Which is not something you want to be facing in the woods because your car is far away. And you have to move at human speeds to get there. They both see that. She gets startled. He seems to ignore it. She is going to look for it. He goes, yell if you need me. The yelling will be if she's attacked by the shadow demon. So she will yell. It'll probably be too late because it runs faster than you. She begins walking around, right? She finds her first piece of evidence. First pieces of evidence. She finds a footprint the size of a dinner plate with claws. Dug into the soft organ soil. And then next to it, a big stinky pile of poop. Just sitting there on the ground. She's like, hmm, evidence I see. Sticks her finger in it. No, she doesn't do that. She she just looks at a pile of poop. She Now she does go on to explain that this isn't any ordinary pile of poop. No, no, no. Don't think this is deer poop. She says the poop was large. It was a large pile of poop. She says it was more than a horse could poop. And it was just kind of like a weird shape. So I don't know if it looked like a perfect poop emoji. I don't know if it was a cube, a perfect cube. It was just odd. It was an oddly large amount in a odd shape of poop laying in the forest, right? And a giant footprint, the size of a dinner plate. 20 minutes later, she comes back to the campsite and says, oh, I didn't really find anything except for this giant thing of poop and a f- humongous footprint. 
Husband doesn't seem to care at all. Also, the fact she was gone for 20 minutes, didn't really care about that either. That's a long time to be pursuing a supernatural creature without any communication with your husband. Now, she tells her husband about the footprint and the poop, and he's like, eh, maybe it's a bear, but there's bears in this area, but unless it was like a grizzly or a Kodiak passing through, that seems like a pretty big footprint for a bear. But again, both these guys are experienced hikers. He's armed. He has a gun with him. You go into the woods, you're going to run into mountain lions and bears and stuff like that. That's not a reason for them immediately to pack up. So they're sitting at camp and they're drinking tea. And her back is to the forest again, which is stupid on her part. And then, still day, a little bit later, drinking tea with her husband. And she starts to get intrusive thoughts. Thoughts that aren't hers. Thoughts that aren't pleasant. She sees in her mind herself running through the woods. Something stalking her. She sees in her mind her body getting torn open. She sees in her mind her death. And she hears a voice laughing in her head. She can't get these thoughts out of her head. They're overtaking her. She's trying to drink her tea. She's just trying to enjoy this sunny day. She feels these thoughts in her head. Here's a quote from her post. It got so bad, I couldn't function normally and told my husband. Okay, that's the first part. Here's the second part. He laughed and said I was just a Kiwi and didn't know American Woods. Listen, man, if anyone's pro-USA, it's me, dude. But I don't think I'm not like USA, Haunted Woods, Australia, get possessed by Haunted Woods. Go, you, like, I'm I'm pretty pro-USA. But if I'm with someone from out of the country and they're like, uh... I'm all of a sudden having these visions of being brutally mauled. I'm not going to be like, yeah, you're just from Argentina. Welcome to, <laughs> Welcome to America, bro. It's all good. These woods will do that to you as I'm like envisioning myself like my skin getting flayed off. Like, it's t- this is what we do in America, dude. We always have intrusive thoughts in the woods. What a jerk husband. She's sitting there and she goes, I, I'm, I can't function normally. And he laughs at her. She's just a Kiwi in the American woods. We all have intrusive thoughts 24-7. That's why America has such a big drug problem. Maybe we should stay out of the woods. Here's back to a quote. I said, like hell, mate. Something is planning to kill me out there and I can feel it watching me 24-7. I asked him, could a bear be emanating it? Okay, so this is, this is I, I kind of jumped the gun on this, but I think this is so funny. So... It's interesting that this is on the North American Dogman Project, because that seems to be a super specific thing. When I was reading this story, I didn't know where it was going. I didn't even know what the acronym NADP meant. I just found this link on Reddit. It was talking about woman encounters monster in Mount Hood, and I click on it, and I'm reading it, I'm thinking, is it Bigfoot? Like, what's going on? And then I find out that this is a Wolfman Project, or sorry, Dogman Project. But she keeps thinking it's an actual bear in the woods. Now, at some point, I think she figures out in real life after the event that maybe it was a dogman, and that's how she found this website. But I find it weird because even in this post on the Dogman Project, she keeps talking about it being a bear, which is fine. That'd be the logical answer, right? That there's something moving in the woods. Bears don't move faster than humans on two feet, but whatever. She keeps saying it's a bear, fine, but then we get to this sentence. I asked him, referring to her husband, I asked him, could a bear be emanating its ideas to me? So she's thinking, okay, maybe there's a bear in the woods that's pooping and leaving giant footprints, 
hey, honey, do bears normally have the ability to, <laughs> to, to psychically attack women in the woods? Like, why? That's a leap of logic. That would... <sighs> anyway, so apparently she has no sense of biology or, or just physics in general, or, or really logic. She goes, I asked him, could a bear be emanating its ideas to me? And he said, that's not usual for animals to do. And maybe I'm just not used to the deep woods. That, that's condescending. Your wife's nearly panicked, and she's like, could it, could it be possible that a bear is telepathically putting visions in my head and laughing in my head? And he's like, animals don't normally do that? I think you're just having a hard time in the woods. But at this point, he must be thinking this girl's really losing it. So how else would you answer that? Do bears normally put telepathic beams, beam telepathic things into people's heads? I mean, no. Animals don't usually do that. Although he may believe that sometimes they do. He, though, goes, don't worry, dude, I have a gun. If anything comes after us, I'll shoot it. And then that's when she hears a voice in her head. Right when he says that he has a gun. A gun won't stop me. Nothing can save you if I choose to get you. She immediately tells her husband this. And he begins laughing out loud. I have no idea if these people are still together. But now it's nighttime. They go to sleep. Middle of the night, she wakes up, light, lightly sleeping, because she's hearing these voices, she's having these visions. Her husband's a total dick, and she hears something outside the tent breathing. And this is the description. I thought this was an interesting, it was quite specific sound for a breathing. She said it sounded like, quote, a big old buffalo breathing as if it smoked for 30 years. Tent gets hit. <laughs> Starts rustling. The husband wakes up at this point. And he's looking at her, and she's looking at him, and it's pitch dark. And they both hear this breathing, and he tells her, I'm going to get my gun. Ten. <laughs> Hit again. And he grabs the gun, he starts loading it. Now, he should have had it loaded much earlier when, you know, the creature was running laps around the woods. But he's now loading the gun safety, right? You don't really want to load it until you're ready to use it. He's loading the gun. He's not building the bullets, he's cocking it back. But while he's taking the moment to load the gun... The noise stops. The breathing stops. The tense assault stops. It's all gone like that. They stay in the tent. They stay awake until morning. When they come outside, they find outside the tent, giant footprint, giant pile of poop. Just like it was just sitting there, just reading the newspaper, just letting it go. This thing, whatever dimension he came from, it must have had a Taco Bell because it was just like all over the place. Now, she again, so she goes through this whole experience. And she ends the post with this question, the most integral question of all. Is this a monstrous bear and it can send feelings to me in my mind? So she's still stuck on the bear. Now she's posting this on the North American Dogman Project. And the people who respond to it are like, hey baby, can I call you? Which I kind of expect, which I kind of expected. So we have a couple different things to look at here. One, the story could be completely fake. It could be written by someone who took a photo of a pretty girl and posted it on this website to tell the story. Because I find it odd that someone who thought a bear was telepathically talking to them would find an incredibly obscure forum called the North American Dogman Project and then post their photo to that. But this is also like a very recent account. She only had like nine posts. Very, very limited. And she was answering people, she was answering questions in this thread. So if it was a con, what would be the end result of that? Two, she could be stuck in her mind that it's a bear, but goes, well, it's not Bigfoot, so I'm not going to talk to those guys. 
So she was probably Googling monsters in the woods. But, and dogmen have apparently been sighted in Oregon. There's been sightings of dogmen and stuff like that. So it's possible she just stumbled across it and a dogman is at least something like she had found. Because they supposedly are photos of dogman footprints and they are huge, look like giant dog footprints. So what did she... Oh, and I did some research. A bunch of people have died on Mount Hood through climbing accidents. There's been a few people who have died but have never been recovered, but that obviously is most likely them falling down crevices and stuff like that. This experience took more in the woods surrounding the mountain, so I'm not going to say that, oh, it's going up in the mountain and eating people and stuff like that. It's just people falling off cliffs into his mouth. But no, so I mean, there have been people that have gone, died and gone or missing and presumed dead up there, but I'm not going to try to connect the two. The question is, is there really a dogman monster walking around Mount Hood? Mount Hood is what, uh, I bad at mileage, because I don't have a car, but maybe 20 miles away from where I'm at? 30? I think for season 9, or maybe season 10, it will depend, I think we might have to have an investigation up there. I think I might have to get some of my buddies and get a little portable recorder. Maybe we'll have a camping expedition up there, a couple episodes recorded in the middle of the woods while we're hunting the dog man. Maybe a live stream? Oh, wait, probably won't get cell phone reception up there. But I've always wanted to do like an on-the-field investigation. Now, I'm not a really good hunter, so I'd have to hit up my buddy Carson because he's like an experienced outdoorsman. Hey, Carson. He, he listens to the show, too. He's an experienced outdoorsman hunter and stuff like that. I'd have to get him, see if he'd want to do it. But maybe we'll do an episode. Maybe we will hunt the dog man. Maybe we will find out whether or not B was truly being stalked by something that was putting visions in her head. Will that happen in season nine? Who knows? I don't know. It might just be a pipe dream. <laughs> so if sometime in the near future, you go to download Dead Rabbit Radio, there's no episode. And then another day, and then another day. And then you realize there are no episodes coming out. Start reading the Hood River News. You may just see an article about A young, handsome man, famous podcaster, has gone missing in the woods, along with a few of his friends. And you'll wonder, did they just fall off a cliff? All four of them? They get lost in a river? Or did they find what they were looking for? Did they find the Mount Hood monster? DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Peace.